0: it was the selling of the real estate that enabled me to buy investments and then it was the investments that enabled me to stop working and to not have to chase FISBOs at, at an older age and to you know be beholden to sellers and buyers who you know complain about the same stuff you've heard a thousand times over how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves, grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyman and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Real Estate rock stars. this is Aaron Amuchasteghi coming back to you for another fun interview, but I have been listening to all you guys out there saying, hey, bring Pat back. I want to talk to Pat, and today I was able to get Pat Hyvin to come in and uh, and come and get grab the mic and uh, dust it off a little bit and come talk to us again. Pat, how's it going, man? Good, man. Good to dust this mic off. Thanks
0: for welcoming me back, Hey, eh? Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you've been doing so much stuff online. So even though you haven't been doing the the Real Estate Rockstars podcast, you've been doing stuff with GoBundance and and all these other kind of interviews. Where? So, but you're out in you're out in North Carolina, right? South is- Carolina, am. Yeah. South same Carolina. thing yeah. <laughs> so yeah to me i'm am a, I'm a West For most coast people coast. yeah it's yeah, like north like... dakota and south dakota right it's like what's the difference it's all mixed in so what's what's it been like in quarantine out there what's uh what, that's the first thing we've been asked
0: um about you know it's an aggressive state next to georgia it's this it's the second most aggressive so they're um aggressive in in government wise meaning it's it's opened back up so you can go. You can go eat at restaurants. You can. Uh, you can pretty much do everything. Everything's open. All
1: right. And are you going out to eat at restaurants, or are you staying home?
0: I haven't. No, we've been getting a lot of carry out, but I haven't. I. I. I think I would, but my wife and kids don't want to. You know what I mean? They're still conservative about it, so I'm like, okay, that's probably a smart thing. So, but there's tons of. I mean, I walk. I'm in walking distance to our little town, and I walk through it every day. And and um, there's tons of people out and about man none of them have masks
1: on they're all just rocking and rolling so people are happy to be back out there yeah i think i'm I'm kind of the same way i uh i'm in almost a take it or leave it mentality if the kid if the wife and kids want to go to a restaurant i'm going to go if they want to stay home the uh i can do this for, for yeah as, as long as i need to so i'll, I'll let them decide i
0: think and- this is kind of like prison like I, I you know i i mean it's like um at first, if it, if I went to prison, I would be like so aware of how uncomfortable the bed was and how much it sucked. But as time goes on, it would it it would become just like normal and like easy. And and I feel like that about this and that. In the beginning, for me, it was very hard. It was very. Like I noticed every, I noticed myself just like, Oh, I'm going stir crazy. You know what I mean? I can't wait. I just need something to look forward to. I want to go out. But I, but now I don't feel like that at all. I'm just like, eh, it is it's just another day. You know what I mean? Like I'm so used to it. It's like, it's almost, and I've, and I've almost lost my enthusiasm to go out. I'm like, eh, I don't need to go out. You know what I mean? Like before I had angst wanting to go out, going out to dinner or whatever. And, And get out of the house or do shit and i just have lost that angst i'm just like it just this is the life and we'll we'll let the chips fall where they may when they fall you know yeah
1: rockstar nation this is Aaron amuchistegui hey i hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to but i am so excited to share this with you i just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast my good friend pat hyben yeah, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49 on there. I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you wanna check out Pat's course, We've got like a three-minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy-to-follow tips that you can follow on it, like a day-to-day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. If you find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses, you can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices so we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like, there's a lot of different courses you want. Maybe you don't wanna buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. I think a lot of people, that's almost what the economists are worried about. Right? They say it takes like 30 days to form a habit. And at the beginning, everybody's really antsy and wanting to get back out there. And now and now it's easier. Being on quarantine is way easier now than it was when uh, it got at the beginning. Everyone's like, two weeks. How are we going to do this for two weeks? Yeah. And now every time they add another week, everyone's like, of course, they added another week. And <laughs> out, and it, you know, and so it's, it's like uh, easy to add it on.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's funny.
1: So, so, yeah. so,
0: I don't know what that means. I think it, it means everyone's going to be, and I don't want to use the word lazy. I, everyone's going to be more zen or more laid back or more relaxed, I think, because like my kids are living with me now. They're 23 and 25. They've been here almost three months now. Luckily, they both have full-time jobs that that require a lot of their time. But, you know, they used, and they live in DC, they used to wake up at seven and six thirty, and you know take the dog to the daycare and jump on the metro and you know go through the traffic and the, and what get their starbucks or whatever and get to work by nine and literally now they'll walk down the steps at like 10 of nine you know oh, scratching yeah. your head and and uh grab coffee that we've already made for them and uh turn on the computer and they're logging on the computer at the exact same time where they may have walked in the door at their office and the same amount of work is coming out of them but they're just you know they're sleeping an extra two hours or, or they're or you know what i mean they're they're start they're starting their day there's so much less stress at least in the morning i think you know it's it's fascinating what's happening
1: it is fascinating. I t- was telling my wife and, it, the, you know, when you can not think about all the worries of it and just realize that like this is a historical moment. Like I'm a historical, I'm a history buff. I love like looking back to like, oh, I wonder what it was like back then and remembering to just pay attention right now and look around in awe and wonder and be like, wow this is wild. Like the way that this person is reacting is strange. And this person is reacting totally different. And, and, uh, and it'll be some lifestyle changes for sure. You know,
0: I, I really, yeah. Stress. People are starting to really believe. And I do think it's true that working out of the house is, is better for your mental health and for your, you know, physical. I mean, it's just less stress basically. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's interesting.
1: Right. There used to be a worry that if people worked from home, They weren't going to get as much work done. Right. right? So you need to have an office to hold everybody accountable. And now it's more like now people have proven they can do it. And so it's almost like maybe we're getting more productivity because instead of spending two or three hours a day going back and forth and all this, they just knock their stuff out and everybody's happier. I asked my workers. So I'm in Texas. They said, hey, we can go back to the offices. And I asked my employees like, hey, do you guys want to go back to the office? And all of them said no we would much oh, rather. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They all said they'd rather stay home right now. They're what are doing, you going to do with the office space? Yeah, I got rid of it. The, you got the, rid of it already? Yeah. So right when this started, I actually had, uh, I, I was set up to where it, they put shelter in place in Texas. I had the end of a month to month on three different offices. And I just had our guys go grab a U-Haul that day, move everything out to a storage unit. Cause I was, I was like a chicken little that was like, hey, this could end up really bad. Let's just move everything out of our offices so we don't have to pay rent for the next two months. And so now I could go get those spots back. And I said, hey, do you guys want your spots back? And they said no. So yeah, I think I'll be, we'll, we'll let everybody work from home for a while. They're doing a fine job, and if they're happier this way, it's it's less expensive for us than having office space, and they're happier.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I you know, I'm glad I'm not a, you know, a real estate investor that focuses on office space. I just think that's going to be. A crazy world the next
1: decade yeah they are gonna have to repurpose that to, i think there's gonna be a lot of office space that's gonna have to be repurposed to something else maybe they'll repurpose it to old folks housing or
0: something. yeah i mean how do you repurpose an office though it's so sterile you know i mean it's like but yeah i mean i guess you could make it something else it's sterile like a hospital like you said like an old folks home like whatever but if you want to stay in there as companies what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to make all the hallways one-way hallways because people are going to be like, no, well, it's too germy if, I, if we pass each other in the hallways too close.
2: Yeah, one-way right.
0: hallways. Yeah, you're right. So they're going to have to repurpose the hallways, one-way hallways. And then these huge bullpens with all these desks, they're either going to have to like do massive sneeze guards around the whole thing or, or give people their own little mini-cube offices, which means a lot of tenant improvement being
1: spent by the person that owns the office. They might as well give everybody their own office. I mean, they're going to have so much empty space. It's like, hey, just move to your own office. You know, I was thinking back.
0: It's funny. I was having this conversation with someone. I was thinking back to like when I went into the office, let's say, you know, it was, you know, 15 years ago, right? Or, or, or more. When I, when I was like an office rat, like I, every, probably seven days a week, I stepped into the Remax office that I worked at dressed up in a tie and suit um i was that guy and um i never stayed home sick i always went to work yeah I don't care how I, I would have a cold. I would go stop off at the drugstore and and get some cold medicine and stop myself up or whatever. You know what I mean? Or, yeah,
1: or, or, yeah that's really common. Like right? before this, and we, you know, we weren't caring as much about it. But there would always be there would be the sick person in the office over there sneezing and coughing and. Imagine what that's going to be like now.
0: I mean, someone's going to come to work and they're going to be like, "Get out! You yeah. can't work because you're going to be freaking people out."
1: Just a cough. You accidentally sneeze because of allergies, and you're near anybody. Their, their heads just jump like what the hell, dude? Happened? I'm going like I. One of the things
0: I have been doing is I've been going to the chiropractor because I threw my back out, right? And so he coughs like he like I'm like dude. He's coughing like I'm like laying on his table and he's <laughs> cracking my back. He's coughing and I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably allergies, right? It's probably allergies or you know I don't know, you know, just a tick, uh, you know. He's not sick, right? But he's coughing on you. But it looks like, but it's he's like a cough, and I don't know if coughing he's coughing on me. You. But I I notice a cough or something, right? Yeah. But I think it's just an awareness. I think that that like if if it were a year ago, I wouldn't even know that he had coughed. Like like you you talk yeah. to people and you don't know that they cough or they sneeze or they, you know what I mean? Like it was there was no awareness at all. Very very little awareness.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Every We're all so so self-centered people, humans in general. So it's like if somebody was sick or coughing, we didn't notice. But now, now, yeah, now it's actually like a fear. Like somebody hears and, cough Yeah, unless they were like,
0: oh, I mean, the snot was coming out of their nose and they were like coughing and you were like, oh, I don't
1: want to catch your cold. You just didn't notice. And what about retail businesses? So we had, so office, so you actually, like uh, your solution of like one-way hallways and stuff like that. So it's was like, yeah, so realistically- it would be a pain in the butt, but these offices can reopen, and they could probably you know spread people out and then there's retail so we you and I have some friends that own some retail centers and the and they 've talked about like no rent for a year, you know restaurants that are getting shut down. What do you think about the future of retail? Do you think those places will come back they're gonna yeah they uh, you know the the existing places may not, but they
0: 'll be replaced like where where it's going, and again it's kind of like pushing us into the future but you know how the amazon Go stores work with the facial recognition where you just do you know how that works no so
1: i've
0: seen that so amazon go has a store in seattle and and basically you go in and it recognizes your face or or you swipe a card or you i don't know how it works right you sign into your amazon account or whatever and um it gets it gets a picture of you so it has facial recognition just like the you know, like um, global entry or whatever, when you're traveling and they take a picture of you. And then, and then whenever you pick something up off the store, it adds it to your app or to your Amazon. You pick pick something up off the shelf and it recognizes your face. Literally, you can put it back on the shelf and it'll recognize your face. There's like so many cameras. It's not even funny. There's like a thousand cameras in this store, but then there's no cashiers. And then you just walk out. When you're done, you just walk out and it shows up on your Amazon account. So that, that already exists, right? There's one store like that. Now, now I talked to a guy the other day, the technology is out there for that to be implemented in like 7-Elevens and and, and 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 stores like that, like, you know, ba- basically gas station type stores. And so what will happen is you'll see some of these companies that have these, you know, Stores, right? That that you go to these stores you go to buy Gatorade or water or gasoline or you know chips while you're driving your car go out of business. They'll be like, oh yeah, we can't we can't handle it. You know, we're going to shut down 50 711s Let's say, but instead of 7-Eleven going back in, someone will go back to that landlord and say, you know, 7-Eleven was paying you, you know, 20 grand a month. We're going to pay you eight and the lender is going to be like okay that's the market and then we're going to take our savings and we're going to retrofit this store with a thousand cameras and set up this technology and uh, we're not going to have any employees and it's going to make their profit margin so much better you know what i mean because they gotta, because they got up because the money that they're saving on the rent and and for the building they're just spending it on technology. And then the entire cost of staff and employees is
1: zero. That is, I, I think that's a, a really cool concept to think about. Like, you're, It's a way that the, st- the stores could actually, the retail place could save money by doing it that way, but they could also say, hey, this is for your health right? We actually have a way. You come in, there's no waiting in line. You grab your stuff, you walk out, it automatically charges you because it knows what you're grabbing off and on the line. There has been so much stuff that really advanced technology, I'd say like 10 years over those last few weeks. Like Zoom is worth more than all the airlines combined right now. You know, the, the Zoom Which is like- is crazy, like right? But and is it
0: really years. worth more, you know, but-
1: Right. This week, as far as the stocks will tell you is, yeah, the company Zoom is worth more than all the airlines. And you're like, but they've actually got like planes and things like that. And- and you know the you know so many meetings on Zoom and technology it forced everybody to learn them. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Mucisaghi. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend Pat Hyben. You know, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49 on there. I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, We've got like a three-minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy-to-follow tips that you can follow on it like a day-to-day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that. You go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the Six Steps for Seven Figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses, but now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, $95. Bucks. So, We've slashed the prices. coming going right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like there's a lot of different courses you want, maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there. If you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it so go check out those options rebus University or future real all right back to your podcast sorry for the interruption but let's talk let's talk real estate back to so right now there could be a real estate there could be more real estate foreclosures coming there could be more real estate trading there could be a market where there's kind of a lot more hustling, where it's not just pure real estate sales anymore, that there's, you know, REO, short sales, things like that. You know, I think I heard some stories that back when you were, you know, at different times as an agent, that that was some of the business that you were able to kind of go out and hustle. The, tell me about that. Was that, a, was that part of your business plan ever, was finding distress? Stuff? It was
0: never, you know, it was never part of my business plan, but I, I mean, I made it part of my, so what happened was in 2000 and let's say seven, right? Uh, the market crashed, right? We had a, a our business was, a, our sweet spot was move up buyers and basically move up sellers. Let's call it. Basically that means they had a $300,000 townhouse or $200,000 townhouse. They had equity in it and then they sold it and they bought something for five fifty, 700, whatever. Right. So yeah. it was this, it was their second purchase right that was our sweet spot so we got the listing and then we got the sale on the next house so and there was tons of that man there was tons of that. everybody had equity in their house so everybody was spending money and you know it was a good time and so when all that stopped we had so many units that we were set up to do like we were set up to do f- you know, 41, I think, units a month, um, meaning I had a staff-heavy operation. I, I paid my agents very little percentage-wise, but they did very little work. They they did the sales work, right? It was more like any type of sales organization rather than a real estate office. They would run out, get the, get the listing, bring it back, then everything would be done for them by salaried people, and then they'd have to just go out and get another listing, go out, get another listing, go out, get another listing, and then, so it worked really well, but when the, when the transactions stopped or when the transactions went from 41 to 12, I said, man, I got to figure out a way to get more listings. And uh, I got some advice that was, you know, go where the money is flowing. And there was no money flowing in the move up buyer anymore, right? The equity that someone had in their house that they were going to use to buy the next house was wiped out. Right, so so they couldn't move, so that the money wasn't flowing where our sweet spot was anymore. But I saw the money was flowing in short sales and in foreclosures, so I, I decided to go where that was flowing or starting to flow, and uh, because it would be a lot easier, right? It'd be a lot easier, so. I had never had any foreclosures. That's a lie. I had, so what, in chapter five in my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, I talk about a building and um, how it, you're always smarter to build from a success up than from a ground up, than from the ground up. Now, the challenge that I had was... I didn't have many successes or any at all with foreclosures, but luckily what happened was about 12 years before this even happened, maybe 10 years, a guy, the mortgage officer gave me two foreclosures and I did sell them for this bank, but since then, the bank went out of business like long long before 2007.
1: Like right, before I, foreclosures were a thing.
0: Yeah, before foreclosures were a thing, but- I still remembered the name of the bank, even though it wasn't in, in existence anymore and i and i s- and I used it to build from and I started you know reaching out to other banks and saying hey you know i i've sold i've experience because I sold foreclosures for American home funding, and they didn't you know really look that up to see if it was still in business anymore and then I just started asking around like who do who do you know that that's in charge of foreclosures, and I asked like appraisers, and I asked just everybody that I met, and I don't even know how I got this lead. I, I, it's probably in the book, but I can't even remember now. But, but somehow I met somebody, and I was like, "Do you know any? Do you know anybody who works at any banks or any mortgage companies?" Yeah, I know this guy, and he gave me a. Li- and a, long story short, I followed up like heck with this guy, and uh, I eventually got a listing for like thirty thousand dollars on the. Washington D.C. border in Maryland, and it was in a really bad neighborhood. I would never ever have considered even listing it, you know, back in the day, because our average sale price was like four fifty or something. So I wouldn't even have taken that. Um, but I took it right, and uh, we sold it. It took forever. It took like seven months. We sold it, and then I was able to use that to build up. So then I, whatever the name of that bank was, I I was able to say you know uh, reo specialists clients american Home funding and you know south street bank whatever it was and then i took that and a guy gave me a i met somebody with bank of america and i said you gotta set me up with this guy you got you gotta set me up with someone in charge i gotta set me up with someone in charge finally through persistence i got a lunch with a guy and, uh, you know, I made it crystal clear that the only reason that I was meeting him is because I wanted Bank of America foreclosures and and he gave me a couple and then I was able to put that on my business card. So then I had three and I eventually built the business card so it was like 20 names on there. And then every time I would reach out to someone, I'd send them a business card and say, look, these are all my clients built, you know, this, 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 this. We eventually got Fetty, Franny, Fanny. At one point at, at the peak, which was maybe 2011, we had 300 active and um, uh, whatever the status was, like, you know, the status of they gave it to you, it's your listing, yeah. but we got to get the paperwork ready and, and whatever. So we had 300 listings in various statuses uh, as a
1: team. Like active and in your pipeline. So you had like, yeah. hey, we got, we got 300 that we, we either have or we're going to have. How big was your team when you were doing that? When you were doing that? It was, you know,
0: the foreclosure team was probably like four people, maybe three, two, you know, not, not much. And that, was, and
1: that was really just you repurposed your existing business. So you had this business that was ready to do stuff and you were like, I've yeah, got
0: it. I, can yeah I needed to find things. stuff for them to do. I didn't want to fire everybody. We, we laid off 22 people in one year. But it got to the point where, you know, it was going to zero fast. You know, I mean, there were some pretty lean years there. It was going to zero fast and, and people just, you know, people were, agents were listing houses, but they weren't selling because all, all the sellers were in denial.
1: Yeah. You know, well, I remember that. I it was like, there was like, you know, 20 months of inventory because everybody was still pricing it at, you know, what they owed or what they bought it for or the one sale that happened six months prior. Yeah, there's
0: a whole denial time that we tend to forget, that we tend to forget about. I was talking to someone about this the other day. I wonder if this time around, if you're going to have that, I would have to imagine it's 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 a human nature, right, to have that denial. Well, if your estimate says your house is worth 700, and an agent comes and tells you it's not, it's worth 600. I think it's natural to.
1: Well, it's 10 years later too. And, and like, it's natural to want to get more for sure. And it's 10 years since the last one. Maybe a lot of the people that own houses now didn't own any houses back in 2007 when this happened before. And so they don't remember the same level of yeah pain and changes. You know the, So I, I liked some of that advice you just gave, right? So at the beginning, it was like, hey, this, sh- this shift was happening. So back in 2007, everything shifted. It was going to zero quick. So you tightened up what your expenses were and said, okay, I, I don't want to lay everybody off, but I'm going to do some layoffs and pay attention. They said, now go where the money flows. And so we don't really know what's going to happen over the next three months, six months, nine months, or 12 months, but there's big changes, right? So we just talked about like retail and office space will be you know, changing and there'll be some trades and who knows how it's really going to affect the real estate market. Right now, anyone with a crystal ball You know, there's some people are saying, hey, no impact because of government intervention. Some people are saying 25% foreclosure corrections. But agents should just be paying attention to their local market and start to see what is happening, right? So, where the market goes, you know, make a pivot to a business plan. Maybe before you used to focus on the real high end stuff and this sort of client. I'm having to do that with my Airbnb. My Airbnb focus in California used to be businesses, weddings, really, really high end, you know, $1,500 a night, you know, crazy, you know, know, at our, at our, at the house out there. And now it's transitioned to the marketing to be, you know, families that are looking to get away out of the city and just have a nice place to relax. And the, the quality is different. The marketing is different. And it's saying, hey, I'm taking this asset, but changing the marketing. So agents, you know, look where the money is and then not be afraid to like the thing that you said, it was like, don't build from ground zero, like Get a little bit of a success and then build yeah. on that success. And a build up and build up, build up. Doesn't matter if you're for a real estate agent, it could be
0: like you sell a house to a teacher. Well that that should be a success. And then you build from there. You you be you're like, Hey, can you, you know, post a brochure of the listing in your in, in your lunchroom, your teacher's room, or can I bring donuts to the teachers? Or, you know, how can I you know, volunteer at the school. And then when you meet another teacher, say, oh, I bought, I I sold Sally a house. Oh, really? You sold Sally a house? And then, you know, then as soon as you sell that second teacher, then you'd be like, I sold Sally and I sold Margaret a house. You know, oh, really? You did? I did that with cops. I probably sold 30 cops houses and stuff over the years. and, And I always remembered the names. I would forget people's names so easily. I sold so many houses, but. But I would always remember the cops because I'd be like, I sold Officer Thompson, Officer Lidowski and Officer you know, Schmidt houses. Do you know them? Uh, and they all know each other, right? Yeah. They're all like, yeah, yeah. They're at least say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just made it so much easier for them to use me, right? They, they were like,
1: drop names they don't even know. And they're like, yeah, yeah, Right,
0: yeah. And that, that, it was instant credibility for me. So, you know, you, you got you to think like that.
1: Right, being a specialist in whatever you are, right? So you became an REO specialist by doing one after another, but you could have been a, I've got a guy that's a military relocation specialist, right? For this one community, but that was what he did, a couple of them, and then he, and if another, he doesn't, Yeah, if he doesn't,
0: um, if he doesn't utilize it, and do it in neighborhoods too. Be like, do you know the Simpsons? I sold yeah. their house, you know? Or do you, even if you didn't sell their house, if you're like, hey, do you know... The Rutherfords down the street, you know, they, he plays soccer with my son. Their son plays soccer with my son. Yeah, you should always be pointing out the commonality of, of people
1: like them that you work with. Absolutely. That's a perfect summary. Because you could be like eight different. You could have. You could be a specialist in this neighborhood. You could be a specialist for this sort of people, for teachers, for whatever else. But always being able to, when you have a potential client, pointing out that commonality, and then starting with that success you had before. Hey, you're a teacher. I helped this teacher. Hey, you live in this neighborhood. I yeah,
0: this. And price ranges too. Like that's exactly what I did when I, you know, built our our luxury home division. Is, you know, I. I didn't have any experience in it, but I just kind of, and I tell that story in that chapter in six steps of seven figures 2, how we went from zero settlements over a million dollars. And I set my goal. We were going to do 10 settlements over a million, uh, whatever year it was. And uncannily, if that's a word, the next year we settled 10 houses over a million dollars, a hundred percent as a result of me building like I talk about um, through through that system, right? To be like you know, I listed a house that I knew I was never going to sell. It was it was an expired for one point four million dollars, and I pulled the tax record and it said it was worth six fifty. And I'm like, this guy. It was one of those contemporaries, and it had seventies decor. I was like, this guy is never going to sell this house, but I wanted the listing because I wanted to build on a success in people's minds. So I could go to the next appointment and be like, yeah, I got a listing over a million dollars and here's the brochure on it. And here's the, and they're not going to say, Oh, you know, that's overpriced it's never going to sell. They didn't care. They just wanted to know that I do million dollar houses because my competition was going out saying that they're they they're, they sell all the high end and I sell the low end.
1: Yeah. You talk about that six steps book. I know we only have a couple more minutes and the but you know when we look at that, there, we actually have a whole whole course inside, you know, inside Rebus. You can find it on and Digital. It's about your six steps book, right? So you took your book and then you built this whole course out over it. And your steps, it, you know, it's it was kind of like saying like you're the guy to show them how to get to a million. You know, and your step one was setting goals and affirmations. Your step two was track it that which is measured will grow. Step three find mentors and masterminds, learn from the best and copy your way to success. Step four act you know step five build on it like you just talked about like so first it's getting there, then building on it, and step six invest in and, and and put your money to work for you so the how long have you been doing that in your life like and so when you look at those steps, is there one that is when we when you go into your course, is it do people follow them in order? Do you need to do the one six in order? Is there one that you have a favorite, and how did you come up with that?
0: Yes, you got to do them in order. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, yeah, they get you got to do them in order, but you can certainly do them all at once too. <laughs> you, know, you know, I like. I certainly build? like yeah. what we talked about, build. I certainly like the last chapter, invest, because I think that's how, what, what enabled me to, to manifest the lifestyle that I have and to manifest, you know, uh, to, to make, makes me a little bit different than um, a lot of real estate agents who, you know, a lot of agents set goals and things like that and track and stuff like that, but, but very few actually get out of the rat race, like Robert Kiyosaki talks about, right? Very few like quit, you know, or retire or, you you know, with any money, you know, most of them retire with tax, state, state and federal tax liens on their house or, or, you know, just, uh, you know, not much money in the bank, uh, not much investments, things like that. So I think that that, kind of makes me a little unique. I would hope that, uh, that yes, I was able to do real estate. I was able to succeed at real estate, but I was also able to, to you know, take those commissions. And, and reality is I would have never been able to buy my, any houses or any forms of real estate if I didn't use real estate commissions from sales to do it. I didn't have another job. So, so it was the selling of the real estate that enabled me to buy investments. And then it was the investments that enabled me to stop working and to not have to chase Fizbo's at at an older age and to, you know, be beholden to sellers and buyers who, you know, complain about the same stuff you've heard a thousand times over <laughs> you know yeah. so so and i and i, th- and I, I met I, I used to hang around agents a lot who would be like oh my god i can try, you know that same old thing house underappraised by 500 bucks now i gotta take it out of my commission i'm like yeah, that would drive me crazy nowadays but um
1: anyway so it's an it's interesting that's the biggest reason for people to look at you know to look at your book right to read your, to read your book and take the course because it talks about how you built this business during times somewhat similar to what we might see over the next few years right you hustled and you worked and you invest and what that really did was put you in a place where right now a lot of our listeners out there are stressed because they have less sh- they have less listings than they did or they're going to have to make some pivots and things like that and the biggest reason that right now you're not doing the podcast anymore, you're not doing all this other stuff is because you were able to invest your, your way into a place where now you're just stable and okay. And you can kind of do whatever you want. Like that invest part is the critical part about saying you don't have to worry about how to do it. So as we finish in our last minute or two, so what is Pat Hybin doing now? So you know, when people are like, what, what's Pat doing next now that you, you've kind of taken yourself out of having to do the day-to-day rat race and just enjoy life and maybe hang out with family, uh, what's what's next for Pat? What are you focused on? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, like I said,
0: my my daughter's moved back in, so I am spending a lot of family time. And and GoBundance has taken a shift. We used to be an event focused company where we would have events, and then in the meantime, we'd have, you know, a, f- a little Facebook group or whatever where people right, would throw out ideas. And now it's become a Zoom company. I mean, we're having. Uh, meetings every night. I'm moderating a lot of meetings. I moderated a meeting last night with Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Coffee. I'm, I'm moderating a meeting today with Cody Sanchez from Entourage Effect Capital. Who's talking about you know how to how to fire people in this crucial time? How to what cuts you need to make? How to make them? you know and and so it's it's created a life a different model altogether we're not an, we're not really an events company anymore we're kind of like an online learning company and our facebook group has like exploded with, with with like 20 times as much conversation so so i think that actually i'm spending a lot more time on that than i was 6 months ago for sure but but that's but I enjoy that you know I'm one of the owners of the company I started it so so like I guess that would answer my question I'm you know I'm doing everything I can not to be an investor I you know for a while I was I was an investor you know I invested in stuff I I, I moved stuff around I sold stuff I bought stuff and can't do that now and so uh, it's taking everything out of me to 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 just sit still and not spend my money on investments I've never I've never Never really, it's been a couple of years at least, probably five years since I've been like this. But
1: I guess it's a good time for us all to be like this because, you know. That is the toughest part for hard, hard-charging hard entrepreneurs right now is to just stay patient as we get to figure this out and figure out what's next and just know that, like, right now is not the time to jump into any, you know, big things like that. You know, and the, you know, step three of your book is find mentors and masterminds. And when I joined Go GoBundance years ago, it was absolutely life changing for me. That's how you and I got to start hanging out and go to you know, Africa and Japan and all sorts of the fun places that we got to go do stuff in and you're right right now the online experience for that is we're getting so much value in interaction on a daily basis with everybody of like, Hey, this is a problem I'm having. How can we work together? I feel bad for the people that aren't in a mastermind because I feel like so much more prepared getting to talk to, you know, so many guys every night about like, what are you going through? What am I going through? And right now we're even have like, sometimes we get guests are getting on some of the calls and like, you know, people not, it's not all members right now. I think there's different times when people are getting on there, but if, if any of you guys want to know more about Go abundance. I mean, you can go to the website, you can go, you know, message Pat on, on online or find me online on, on Instagram or Facebook or any of those places. It is a, a great time to be looking at mastermind options when you're trying to think about what is next in uh, in life. And just finding people like you that are trying to focus on, on solutions, you know, because it's the true answer. So you talk to 20 people and you take the average of those answers, you're going to find what your answer should be. If you only talk to one or two people and get some advice, you might be getting the wrong advice. So uh, opening that up, so Pat, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way they should reach out to you?
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm lucky, right? Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of hybans, uh, so it's kind of like a mucho Steggy, right? H i b a n. You can just find me online. Just, just type my name in. I'm easy to find. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, everything, pretty much. So that's this. gonna go to com. Uh, You can go to Amazon and get Six Steps to Seven Figures or uh, Tribe of Millionaires, which is a book I just wrote for uh, GoBundance with David Osborne and Tim Rode and Mike McCarthy. It's called Tribe of Millionaires. And we actually have a website called tribeofmillionaires.com. You can get that book for free. You just pay the shipping. It's only seven bucks and uh, it's it's 20 bucks on Amazon. So go to tribeofmillionaires.com. It's a, it's a great book. There's
1: even a page about me near the back. A, <laughs> there, have, is, there, there is. There is my picture and a yes. page about my, yes. my, my life story of joining GoBenz there. <laughs> Pat, thanks for coming back on Real Estate Rockstars. I hope you enjoyed us chatting today. I promise Pat will be back on for future State of the Markets and checking in. And, uh, and hope you guys had fun today on our Catching Up.
0: Yeah, great. Thanks for the invite, Aaron. I'm happy to come back anytime you want.
1: Thanks, buddy.